You are now listening to Food for Thought. Food for Thought. Food for Thought. Brought to you by Flying Art Studios. Flying Art Studios. So we're recording. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's just kick this off. Okay. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Gina. Hey. That's the sound of people clapping. If you don't know what Thanks, that sound is. <laughs> Oh, good. Thanks for coming on. We also have Dom with us. Yay! 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 <laughs> I love Dom. And uh, me and Kim, so we're here too. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. Cool. So, um, yeah, you just got back from China, right? I did. Cool. How was that? Um, it was definitely an experience um i actually head out to china quite a lot for work so um i didn't know i mean no we need to rewind i need to answer this again yeah okay repeat myself there is no going back there's no no rewinding yeah you're gonna use all of this aren't you Uh, so um yeah i recently went to china i go there quite a lot for work it was actually a beautiful experience uh this time i went to a city called dalian which is um, architecturally beautiful. And um, just as a tourist, I was able to kind of experience that side of it. And I really enjoyed it. Mm. What was your first time in China like? Was it like everything that you expected it to be? Um, My first experience in China was out in Chengdu. Uh, I had zero expectation because I just didn't, I didn't really know like what to expect. I only had been around Asia, so I kind of assumed it would be really populated. it was it was crazy, like really hectic. Everything's moving really fast paced. Everyone's uh, really business driven, right. and coming from like a, a Melbourne environment where everything's really peaceful and slow, I was like very very overwhelmed. Right. Um, but it's just like it's interesting. I definitely had a culture shock. Yeah, beautiful country though. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna take it back one sec. Sick. Um, but it, that's really awesome to hear because I think we'll get there in terms of your timeline on how you became a choreographer teaching in Chengdu. Um, <laughs> but I think um, what I'd like to know is like, how did, um, I guess, your journey of dance professionally start? Mm-hmm. And how did you kind of make that decision to be like, you know what, I'm going to pursue this full time and, you know, teach around the world. Right. Because I know a lot of people out there want to do that. Um, what were the steps like for you? Um so I actually began hip hop when I joined my hip hop team at Halebury, which is where I went to school. Uh, shout, out I was, shout out to Halebury. Shout out to I Actually, love it. Um, I was I was sixteen at that point, and I had joined the hip hop team. I knew nothing about it. I had seen the movie Honey with Jessica Alba, and I thought she was really pretty, and she had curly hair like me. So I just, you know, I dreamed. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. Could um, honestly, that's really what it was. And right. I was like, cool. Like, cause I really didn't know. I didn't know there was a scene. I didn't know anything about hip hop. Um, joined the team, realized like, I really love it, but also that I suck. Um, and so I just trained my butt off and then I, I got into a team called Destruct. Mm. Uh, same director, but outside of school. And then I also auditioned for Ron Rugged. Um, I was dancing and competing like constantly just within Melbourne. Um, and then we got to do World of Dance. We got to do kind of international competitions. We did Australia's Got Talent, all of those. At this point, I was I was still at university, obviously studying mm. um, media and 
dance was like my life, but it wasn't like going to be a career choice for me at all. Because like, I don't know anything about the industry. I right. was just kind of like, so you were just kind I of was just, I just wanted to be really good at it, honestly. Yeah. Cool. Um, even before I loved to dance, I just liked the idea of being really good at it. Like mm. I was ambitious in it, but like, I don't know that I loved it that much. I just loved being really good at it i know <laughs> yeah so it was an interesting way to start cool. it it didn't yeah. it didn't really form out of like a passion for dance it was i loved music but i just wanted to like be good <laughs> right um and then from there after we did australia's got talent and, and all that stuff i was about to graduate um university and th that's when i decided like I wanted to dance um, and it was actually fueled by my brother who one day he literally just came up to me and he was like, bro, why don't you do this full time? Mm. And I just looked at him and was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't know that I could. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you should try. I reckon you'd, I reckon you'd kill it. And for some reason I take everything my brother says as like Bible because mm. he's my older brother. And, and I'm like, if John, my brother, if he believes in me, like it's happening, I'm going to do it. And that really Sweet. was the reason that I chose to do it. Um, at that point, I also had nothing. <laughs> I was teaching at um, I was teaching at a couple of studios in Melbourne and stuff, but I just didn't have any prospects internationally. Mm. I hadn't travelled. Like, I didn't even know what was out there. Um, and I, But I had just made that decision and I felt peaceful about the decision. But then, of course, came all the anxiety in the world where I was like, I'm such a goal-oriented person. So, yeah. like, because I had nothing and I come from a community that's, like, very, very traditional um, – it was it was really intense and it was a really difficult period. Mm. Um, By community that's traditional, do you mean like the Melbourne community? Or no, so family? I am Egyptian. Yeah, and our Egyptian community is uh, like they're all doctors, they're all engineers, they're right. all like very stable, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, just stable stable jobs and career pathways and stuff. And so um, that was where I was heading, you know, to that kind of stability and stuff. So when I chose dance, it was like. A, oh, a huge right. shock to my parents, to right. like everybody, my church. Like it was just, yeah, it was it was definitely like the most difficult part of my whole journey was like dealing with that because like, first of all, I didn't have a guide. It's not like I was studying it. So I was already just freestyling, making things up as I went along. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I had like everyone in my ear being like, what are you doing? Like, this is so stupid. Right. Um, and like my parents like, what? like, there's no stability. Like, you know, my grandmother, like, of course, like reputation, like, what are you doing? The family. Um, what was the turning point like for your parents when you, when they finally when they finally accepted? accepted? Yeah. Um, my mom is like a very creative person. She's super artistic. Like that's where my artistry comes from. She's um, like, she's been a pianist her whole life. She sings. She led my church choir for like seven years. Um, she made me do piano for six years. Ah. Um and so she always educated me in music. Like that was something, that's why I'm connected to music that way. And she was like a ballerina for a really long time. So like she understands my connection to it. She just didn't understand why I would make it a career pathway. Right. She yeah. was like, it why don't you just make it a hobby? Yeah. I made it a hobby. I'm like, I understand. But like it's 21st century. I can make this a viable career pathway. Like, you know, we can, we can turn anything into a job now yeah. if yeah, we yeah, understand right. like the business of it. Mm -hmm. um and i guess they both eventually turned uh my mom when she saw that i was like making money honestly because she was just like worried about my stability yeah um and same with my dad like dad was dad's always been like a very very chill guy so he was like you know what like if you trust that you're gonna do it like i believe in you because i was always really self-motivated like in school and stuff like mm -hmm. i just worked hard so they knew that i wasn't gonna be like I wasn't just going to like Slacking flop and do nothing. Yeah. No, yeah. I, ne I was ne I've never been that kind of person. So yeah. like they were like questioning it, but they were like, look, like I know she's really going to try. Yeah. Um, and so when I, yeah, I guess when I started um, 
when I started just making money and them being like, okay, it looks like it's it's stable. Mm. They started accepting it. And eventually that acceptance, I guess, grew to them um, being proud. Like right. it, it was a uh, really slow process. Yeah. But I now I'm seeing like the fruits of like my parents being like genuinely like, oh, I'm proud of her. Mm. But that yeah. that took a like The a initial while. part was hard. I was just like, it was really, right. really difficult. Like as in like we weren't on speaking terms for a while. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it was it was it was really tough, I mm. think. Um, but it also made me very like independent and, and it just taught me to be like um to not feel like I need the validation from someone to give me the encouragement. Because yeah. I think the hardest thing is when you um you want to do something and you're just waiting for other people to encourage you. Mm. So I actually think it's a blessing that I didn't have the encouragement because it kind of fueled this fire. I'm like, I can do it on my own, like it's fine, I don't need anybody. Yeah. Um it would have been a bit easier yeah. with the support, but also like if you want something, you, you just fight you. for it, yeah. you know. Right. Um so yeah, I graduated university and I was like, cool, like I've saved some money from teaching. I'm going to invest all of my money into traveling and taking classes. Mm. I spent every last dime that I had. Um, I went to camps. I went to Summer Jam. I went to LA. Um, just got my ass kicked. Am I allowed to say ass? Yeah. <laughs> say whatever you Fuck. want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck ass. I, oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's going to hit I just wanted to set the bar so it's oh, okay. okay. You can say anything. Okay. Let's just I got my... Of course, my, my, um, <laughs> is that your cue to know that you're going to reset that? Stuff? Oh, actually, this this is the reset. Not oh my God, Windows. Okay, Windows. What's is that? it? Windows. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, I went. I trained. I just. I guess I saw the world like I was just like my knowledge is this minute. And then I realized, okay, cool. Like I need to train and stuff. The cool thing is that like. I always had my own way of moving. Mm. That was like, and I think it made my journey a lot easier because I feel like as a traveling choreographer, as you're talking about, um, like you do need an identifiable style because that's how people, that's how people notice you. Yeah. Um, of course you have to be a great teacher. Like you have to, there's so much to it and like a lot of hard work that goes into it. But like for me, the biggest thing is that like you need to have a brand mm. and you have to be realistic. Like, Yes, dance is creative and it's like an expression of the soul and whatever, but the business in itself is like like any business, like you have to brand yourself, you have to understand what makes you unique and you have mm. to capitalize on that. So I already had some kind of mess, whatever my movement was when I started moving, like I already had that as a base, which was mm. cool. So I just got to add to it. So yeah. I didn't really have to do that search for like my own really unique movement. It was like, it was already I there. feel like yeah. it was a little easier in that sense. Yeah. Did you ever feel like uncomfortable yeah. because you moved differently, or did you f- ever feel like, uh, like why why do I move so differently to everyone? Um, but the other end of it, the thing is that like, I was moving like that when I started choreographing, uh, but because of crew, like I got the discipline of like rejecting my own movement and then like learning how to move like other people, so in R and R and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't I didn't feel like I was like very different because I was able to have the discipline. Yeah. But um, once I left crew and I was like moving, I already knew that like my body was just like moving differently to other people yeah. in classes. I didn't know the tech my technique so well, but I just knew that my body was interpreting things differently. Like yeah. choreography just felt different mm. on my movement than what it looked on like the teachers or whatnot. Right. I never f- ever felt like um, weird about it. Mm. I always embraced it. To be honest, like I always was like, hey, cool. Like this is yeah. weird. Like yeah. I, I enjoyed the feeling of moving the way that I like to move. And it felt a lot better than when I was trying to put other people's movement on my body. Um, and oh, what is the story I'm telling? <laughs> my journey. You were learning and uh, you were hitting learning, up camps. I was and just traveling. Investing in yeah. Yourself. Um, 
of course that money ran out and then I, I of course like every single career pathway is like has ups and downs and stuff and I had like my lows were very low because I was lost and I didn't have a mentor to help me at all right. like I just like when I ran out of money and I was like still traveling and I like like yeah I was like traveling and stuff but then I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what, like, what's my next step. I was like, okay, you just make this up and then trial and error. Like, honestly, my, a lot of my journey has been trial and error. Right. Um, and then I was like, cool. Like I got confident with my teaching cause I'd been teaching for like, f- for about like four years before I started traveling. Um, the one thing I was most confident in, uh, was my teaching. Mm. Like, b- much more than my dancing, I knew I was a quality teacher because I knew I invested my time in trying to learn how to be a good teacher, mm. even more so than my dancing at that point. Mm. Um, and so I, that's, I think that that confidence is what helped me like not be afraid to ask people to let me teach. Nice. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like a problem with a lot of dancers is that like the I don't know if it's fear of putting themselves out there or if it's like maybe there's a bit of pride in, in being like, I don't want to ask. But for me, I'm like, I know what I'm offering. So if I'm going to ask, like, I know I'm going to produce like a, a good like product. Yeah. Um, so I was like, cool, like I'm going to be in your country. How about you let me teach the class? How about you blah, blah, blah. Um, people were seeing me at camps. Um, and then I started just getting like bookings like here and there, like from people just like seeing me take other people's classes and being like, oh, cool, your movement is cool. Uh, like, do you teach? And then from then it's like, cool, yeah. I would go teach here or I would go teach there or um and then and then it kind of creates like a rolling effect right. and whatnot and stuff and I guess that led me to to here, yeah. What was the first time like in terms of like your first Did international you? class? Yeah. Um how did that happen? My first international class I'll talk about my first um class that I was booked for. Okay. Um and that was um that was motion dance camp in New Zealand. That was like the first mm. camp that was like yeah. f- flying me out and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, like getting the booking the first time, I was just like, yeah, what the no. crap? I did it. Like, <laughs> no, but I, the funny thing is like, I couldn't even tell them that. Like right. they weren't going to celebrate with me because like uh. to them, getting a booking overseas means nothing. Like even now to my mom, she's like, oh, you really have to go again. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just typical yeah, yeah. traditional yeah. parents. Um, so the first time I got that booking, honestly, I was just like, fine, like fruits, like, I felt like I sacrificed so much and people really don't see it online and stuff like that because like, again, like online serves its purpose, but like traveling on my own all the time, being like so lost all the time, chucking myself in situations. Like I was traveling by myself, going to all these camps. I didn't know anybody. Like Mm. all of that stuff was like very mentally challenging for me, but it made me adult really quickly. Um, So I finally felt like, oh, like there's a reward because I'd been guessing until that point. And so like to be guessing and then to feel like, oh, okay, my structure's actually working. It's a really, like, fulfilling moment, you know? Nice. Um, but the thing is, like, I was getting bookings every once in, like, you know, just, a like, a blue moon. Like, I was never getting the bookings. And so every time I got them, it was great. But, like, the consistency and, like, I needed money at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I actually... Uh, I got let go from a studio I was teaching on in Melbourne because I was traveling so much like to educate myself and to try to teach to right. you know chase that ge- a dream so I had to stop teaching at that studio right. so there was my income mm. um, so it was a bit all over the place <laughs> yeah um, yeah was there like um, <laughs> asking <laughs> um, was was there like a camp or like a period where it kind of turned around and you started getting like consistency like could you like pinpoint or did it, was it just like a gradual? No, there, I, I never had like, there's never been that moment where it's not like I was at one camp and then everyone booked me. Yeah. And I don't think it works that way for anybody. Like mm-hmm. I think 
it's really cliche, but everyone like builds up for a really long time and then people start to see them. And it's like when people start to see them, it's like, whoa, they just blew up out of nowhere. Like, where do they come from? Blah, blah. It's like, are you kidding me? You just yeah. found out about them. Right. And for me, it was like gradual steps, like me holding on to like this and holding on to this. And then this person eventually meeting me and this person meeting me. And it's just like, it wasn't like I suddenly got all these bookings and stuff. Mm. Um, the thing is, of course, once you get the ball rolling, it, it starts to roll faster, you know, and yeah, you start definitely. to like, you know, um, and I definitely think that this past year has been my, um, that's where it's, I guess like skyrocketed a little bit and, mm. and things have been like really consistent and stuff like that. Up, but up until that point, it's just like one job, the next job, more people meet you, more people find out about you. You teach at a good class at this studio, another studio hears about you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, word of mouth. yeah it's just a really chronological process. It's mm. not like, you don't go to a camp and blow everyone's mind and you get booked because also I'm not, my job is not to be a dancer. I'm a teacher. So mm -hmm. like I have to show my quality of teaching, you know, yeah. that's something that I take like super seriously. Mm. Ah, that's good. When did you realize that you were more like invested in teaching rather than dancing? Cause I know a lot of people just see the dancing and they're like, yeah. Oh, she's an awesome dancer. Right. They don't understand the other side the, of the it. teaching yeah, element. Yeah. Um, I just always love teaching. Like, right. um, when wow. you ask me, like, what I would want to do mm. in this career path more than what I'm doing, like, it'll never go beyond what I'm doing now. Like, like even building my company and stuff, like, I just love the teaching process. I, I like um, I like that I get to create, so I'm dancing anyway. Mm. I like that I get to, like, see people, like, have revelations in my classes. Right. Um, I like the feeling also of that, like, I'm helping people in some way. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, um it's easy to get so caught up in yourself as a dancer and just like get really sucked into you. So I think the teaching really helps me regulate that like self-centeredness and, and like to follow other people's journeys, especially my students and stuff. Like it's just really fulfilling. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a good opportunity for me to train while I teach them. It's cool to have a community of people to dance with. Like I just freaking love teaching. Huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's How do you think um, for the teachers out there then, um, how do you think, um, teachers go about learning how to teach then ah uh, this is a sensitive <laughs> topic <laughs> um i think that teaching is a skill like mm -hmm. every other skill definitely and it's something that you have to develop um i don't think that people are naturally amazing teachers like people are eloquent um People that are more trained, no, it's not even to do with the training. It's it's something that you have to really evaluate and you have to like progress in it. Um, like you train your dancing, you train your teaching. Mm. I train. I taught for one year. I was teaching at a studio. I was getting paid $4 per student and I had one student in my class every week. Mm. Um, and the studio was an hour from my house. But because of that, like... I was able to train somebody one-on-one -on -one and track their progress and that's how I learned how to teach better. But I also was evaluating every single session that I was teaching um, and I was really learning off teachers that I liked. Mm -hmm. um, like when I would travel or even in Melbourne and stuff and be like, oh, cool, like this teacher helped me understand um, like things. And then I'd be like, why? Why is that teacher helping me? And how did that teacher help me to understand it? Like what are some good things – good habits to pick up mm. in the same way what are some really bad habits that are not working because I was really like okay don't do this don't do this don't do this like I, I just think that teaching is like a really big it's a really big privilege mm. 
Um, and and I, I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like I should be that guy in, in, in telling people, like, dude, like, take it more seriously because your students are so influenced by yeah. you. Like, mm. they – I really need a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> tissue break. Um, tissue break. Uh, I'll grab one. Sick. I'm so sorry. Um, shall I just keep explaining and tell you my tissue? Okay. Um, yeah, your, your students, like, really look up to you and, and you are, like – it's your responsibility to educate them – yeah. Correctly, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially because you're charging these people, you mm-hmm. know, like this is a job, you know, it's yeah. not you're not volunteering your time. It's not a hobby like people are paying you. And so like mm. just respecting that and also respecting that, like you want dance to be taken more seriously than you need to take more seriously. Yeah, right. um, that's why I guess it was hard for me in like Melbourne, because like I felt like me chase. I was chasing this kind of alone at the beginning. Like mm. I, I like. Um, I don't know how to put this into words. Yeah, I, I guess like if you commit to to dancing and you really take it seriously, then you need to be professional about how you do it. Mm. And because it's so artistic, people get lost. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, well, it's just like my heart and my soul it's and my free, feelings yeah. and my emotions. And I, I understand that. But separate the art from the job. Like mm. the job is the teaching. Yeah. You know, the art is the is the dance and, and that connection and all that stuff. But the job in itself that you're being paid for is teaching. So right. it's thank you. It's something that you have to train and you have to build up. Um, and yeah, I just I think it's really important for things like, you know, knowing your musicality, your rhythm when you're teaching, like being able to translate that to students, knowing how to explain your movement to students, being able to create a good environment for your students. That's huge too. Being able to know how to push people like there's like so many like facets to it, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's not many classes that teach you how to teach. I want to blow my nose on air. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I, can, like, I don't know which, uh, you know what? Pretty. No, I can, but it's just going to be. Just cover it with it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, do it again. Do it again. Another one. Do it again. Oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if the sound effect was like. True. All right. Um, Well, man, I wish we had more time, but uh, we got to wrap this up soon. Yeah. Because I know you got to go. You know, we're busy. We can always do another one too. Yeah. But I think um, for sure, what I'd love to hear is um, just quickly your thoughts on the Melbourne community now. Yeah. um, And you know how it's progressed and um, where it's gonna go. Um. I guess it's it's hard to comment on like the progression of the community mm-hmm. since I I wasn't really there from like the start. Right. Um but from what I've seen of it, I really think it's on like the come up. Like I think a lot of people are just getting so much more motivated to dance. Um a couple of years ago like it wasn't it, I don't feel like it was like this when I started out. Um but now I feel like there's or maybe I'm just more aware of it, but there's a community and like um there's more consistency. I think um people are like beginning maybe to believe that like okay cool like this is a potential it's a potential career thing and and beyond that like oh wow we have amazing dancers in melbourne like Mm -hmm. we really do i i was taking class last week on an open class and the quality of the dancers there and a lot of dancers i didn't know i was just like what the heck like we have this in melbourne like where like where are these dancers even coming from so i think that like it's not a technique situation it's just like um the fact that we need to like just communicate and connect and mm. maybe you know 
get over that i guess like that studio ego separation and yeah. and being like it just doesn't matter what studio or what fr- company you come from and stuff and i guess there's like certain reservations about like dancers dancing in different um companies and and things like that and mm. i'm not saying you need to you need to really like commit to that i'm just saying that there needs to be some kind of communication or some sharing or like right. they just like for us to grow and for us to also do something as a community it's like it can't really be like one person and one person and one person like yeah. it's so much easier when we're all like cool what do we want to do together and I, mm. I know it sounds really cliche but um i'm really beginning to see like the fruits of like what happens when you're able to like connect with people for example like um a lot of my students in my company will like go and take classes with other people which I never ever have a problem with but like even with PD and stuff like that where like I I see my kids hanging out with like kids from your team training and stuff like that and for Mm. me it's like I never really experienced that when I was in a dance crew like we never really bonded with other dancers in other teams like Mm. and for that to be like like the love of dance really it just like overcomes whatever like bullshit studio you know situations that we have it's just it's like it's really beautiful Mm. Um, and I just think we have really good people in Melbourne like I think that we could create like we can really create like a platform for people to grow and do the things that they're trying to do and and just kind of redefine what it is to to be a teacher or a choreographer as a career and stuff like that but I think it it needs to be like a, a communal thing like because like it's not a one-man job like it's not gonna happen no. but yeah I'm really like hopeful and I just love where Melbourne's at like I'm 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 finding myself just finding excuses to stay home now. And when I'm getting jobs overseas, like I really think like five times before I take it because I really love being here. Mm. Whereas before I was like, I need to leave and train. But now I'm like, cool, I have people to train with here. Like I'm, I feel like more fulfilled, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Ah, that's really awesome to hear. And you know, what? I think you're definitely right in terms of like everybody being super cool with each other. And mm. it's just like great people here. Yeah. And I think like for me, it's always been about people um over like wherever you're at in your journey and your skill level whatever it is like if you're a cool person and you can hang out you can chill like that's the best you know what I mean and I I I guess I didn't really understand that before because I was really goal oriented Mm -hmm. and because which is totally cool yeah I guess I guess I just grew up in that way Mm -hmm. um and then it didn't click to me until I built like the company and always watching honestly like PD and like teams like that where I'm like man they have something that's like way beyond technique it's not you know it's like community and and people throw around the word community so much that I'm not sure what it means that much anymore but like when I see like teams like yours and stuff I'm like I really feel like this love that fully exceeds beyond like dancing as a career you know Mm -hmm. um and and I guess that now I'm like getting a taste of that with my team too and it just feels like like it really is the best like it's really I can't describe it but it trumps anything it trumps Mm. my travels it trumps my jobs that I get and like I would much rather (laughs) be like in my studio with my team and just like enjoying each other's presence and like getting that fulfillment out of Mm. dance you know that's beautiful so yeah that's cool thanks guys yeah it's the inspiration thank you yeah well thank you so much for stopping by and speaking to us I think um, there was a lot there um and also congratulations on all your success it's cool to Thanks, just hear about how much work that's put in and it doesn't just happen overnight uh, and for you to bring that back <coughs> here as well and for everyone who's in the community just doing their thing but having that inspiration um, in terms of reaching their goals and that 
you know, you kind of really kicked the door open, I feel like, for a lot of Melbourne dancers yeah. who want to travel the world I and want really to do that. I appreciate that. No, it's cool. It's cool that you're back as well. I think that's what, what's important. I think a lot of people go out. And, and they, they don't come back. I always used to wonder, like, what the heck's happening? Why is everybody mm-hmm. leaving? But mm. to be fair, um, it is harder to stay than to leave because, mm. yeah, it's easier to, to get your inspiration elsewhere because there's so much going on, like – around the world and they've already got very strong communities at really high levels and you know a lot of teachers and stuff like that but you know like like i just think we just need people to believe in melbourne a little bit and then like we just need good leaders Mm -hmm. you know leaders who are like and not beyond dancing just like as people um but at the same time i guess it's a little easier for me because the people that are leaving are like trying to do the la yeah. backup thing and stuff and honestly like everything i want is in melbourne so mm. i guess for the people that are chasing that dream like yeah. i beg you like stay in melbourne and like build stuff you know mm. like, you don't yeah we don't have to leave yeah. <laughs> let's build it here yeah right and then people can come here and see and how that's awesome that's it is honestly i predict like give us give us two years and like everyone's gonna be coming to melbourne like i already see it and mm. i like hopefully like we're, I, we're all like we're trying to build things and, and events and shows mm. and camps and stuff like that. And I really like, I just see it exploding. I see our scene exploding again in like the next two years. I really mm. believe that. Me too. Exciting. Exciting times ahead. Um, all right. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up, but uh, we'll definitely have you back. Thank you so much for coming. You're by very Gina. welcome. Thanks for having and me all guys. All the best for Ascendance as well. Uh, you guys got auditions coming up soon as well. We do. October yes. 15th. When is that? October. No, October 13th. October I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> That's O2. I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. Sunday, October the 13th cool. uh, at O2. Awesome. And how can people find you if you don't want to check out more of your stuff? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Gina Michael or my company, Ascendance. DC um, yeah that's about it <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you so much thank Gina. you guys Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. nice now tell us how you really feel <laughs> <laughs>